Welcome to We're Getting There. It's a podcast for people who are like us, who are just works in progress. And uh, if you've already perfected this thing called life, this might not be the podcast for you. But maybe you're someone who finds that sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. Well, you're in good company here. And uh, it's been a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> We've, we took a little bit of time off for the holidays, partly just because we were just busy and... A lot busy. A lot busy. And partly because... Um, yeah, mostly just busy mostly and the holidays busy. and, um, uh, actually I'll just go ahead and get started with our, we typically do a recap. So I'll start with mine. Um, we had my sister from Oklahoma in with her three kids, um, well, the three kids that live with her. She has, um, five children all together, but, um, she was here with her three youngest and um we got to hang out with them for the week and that was fun and so yeah we've had family things and get-togethers and we had a pretty intense um church schedule um we we uh help lead worship at a fairly large church and so we had how many five five we did four well, we did one the night before Christmas Eve, and then there were four scheduled on Christmas, right? No, three. You're right, four. So we, there was four all together, and then the the other team though that was in the main sanctuary they had five. So yes. it was, but it was yeah, it was lots of practices, and um, it turned out well though. Yeah. It was a it was a fun thing to be a part of, and anyways, uh, so we had that going on, and. Um, I'm, we're not sure if we mentioned last time, but as an early Christmas present, we also got for our three kids, we got them a pair of little black kittens, um, that were sisters. We adopted them from the local humane society and their names are Hazel and Jade. And, um, so that's been an adventure in and of <laughs> itself, trying to keep two, kittens out of christmas trees is <laughs> nigh impossible they just uh this week got access to the house while we're asleep again because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i just took the christmas tree down yesterday so um so anyways that's we've done that and we've you know had had all of our holiday celebrations and now that the new year has hit um, one of our goals, we, we don't necessarily do resolutions like because resolution made is a resolution broken. So it's kind of one of those things where, you know, pie crust things. Mm -hmm. And so, but we do, we, we, we do try to set goals and, um, the one for one of them for Justin and I was to, um, was to continue on with this podcast in a more regular fashion. So I think our goal, for this year will be, you know, to release a podcast. We're going to shoot for every Friday. Mm -hmm. And so that's exciting that we're going to try to do that. And, um, and then I'll share one more thing and then I'll pass it, pass it over to Justin, see if he has anything to add for our recap. But, um, also because of the new year, I hit, went back to the gym <laughs> and let me tell you something. So I used to, I have a background in fitness and, I'm relatively athletic. I played sports my whole life. So even when I haven't been to the gym for many moons, 
I still go back in and just hit the ground running. No, no pun intended. And I, I feel like I can just do whatever I want. And I learned valuable information this week that just because you can, you know, use the, the inner outer thigh machine set at like 180 pounds, just because you can do that doesn't mean that you should do that. Does not. And, and just because you used to have really strong legs doesn't mean that you can just go right back into doing whatever you want. And let me tell you folks, I can barely walk today. It's kind of sad and funny at the same time. So she's, she's, uh, I mean, I, I did ask her if she would mind wearing an eye patch and saying R when she walked because it's, it was, guess how, uh, guess how well that went over. <laughs> it was my, it was my way of showing you affection. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you have anything for, uh, anything to add no, to the recap? No, just, it was a crazy time and I'm thankful that it's over. I love Christmas with our family and it's actually, this was the first year we got to just have it at home the whole, pretty much the whole day was by ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, which was wonderful. Um, and our kids, um, really enjoyed that and we, we, we did too, but man, it was a lot of, of running and doing. And I mean, we had your sister and three kids in with our three kids and us two in a three bedroom home. So it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. They, um, great kids and, and, and everything. We fully enjoyed it and are super glad that we get to, you know, move on with, with what's going on. We had a good, you know, new year. Hopefully you all did as well. Mm-hmm. So that's it. No, that's yeah. all I got. Yeah. Um, just for something fun later on, Justin will share our email. And if you have set some new year's goals, yes, you feel free to share those on either our Facebook page, which we have up and running now, or you can share them in our email. That would be great. We'd love to hear from people. So we'll share them with the next podcast. Yeah. Yep. So unless you don't want us to, (laughs) too bad. (laughs) Um, so anyways, so we started off, um, briefly, we talked about we're, we're going through a book called His Needs, Her Needs. And if you want more information about that, you can listen to the podcast right before this one. Um, this is episode seven. And so it would be episode six. Um, so if you want to go back to that one, if you haven't already, give that a listen because it is kind of the um, the precursor for this for the next several episodes. Um, so we're going to dig right in to the first of the top two, of the top emotional needs, we, the book goes through the top five for men and the top five for women. And tonight we're going to talk about the first two. Um, the The first one um, for women, which shouldn't come as a surprise, is affection, and then the first one for men um, is sexual fulfillment. So I will say that this is probably a PG thirteen. Plus, <laughs> um, I might even go adults only. Yes. Um, yeah. Let's just be on the safe side I, yeah, and say it's say an that. adult only. Yeah. It's an adults. Our only. kids are in bed, and yeah. that's the only reason we're recording this one right yeah. now. Yeah. So I will say that we are going to be honest. We won't be crass by any means, and you know, certainly we won't try to make anyone feel uncomfortable that's listening. But we will be honest um, because we're talking about it from a married folks perspective. So hopefully you guys can appreciate our, our, um, our openness and honesty and 
you know, not be shy if we say things like sex or, you know, worse things. <laughs> you know, and, and the Bible is, is open and honest about that, and it's clear, and it's, it's you know, something obviously we're going to talk about as frankly as the Bible does. Why don't you share with them what your favorite Bible verse is? Uh, you know, I <laughs> I don't have it uh, the, memorized anymore um, as far as the where it's found in Proverbs, um, and it says that you should be satisfied with the wife of your youth, and may her breast satisfy you always. Yeah, he, and uh, that's that's one of my, my favorite. He verses. likes to quote that at me sometimes. So. But anyway, so um, so we will be honest about that. So let's dig in mm-hmm. and talk about this first one: um, a woman's first need. And now, again, we talked about this last time, but these are in general. Obviously, for some of these, you might have a wife or a husband who says that's not necessarily my most important thing um, or or that's maybe not as high on the scale as something else. We're going based off of what the book says is gen- generally the the highest need of, of women or highest need of men. And then it kind of goes down from there. So, um, if this isn't you, um, whether, whether it's high on your need list or not, um, it's probably at least a need of yours. Correct. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so diving in this first one is, is her first need is affection. Yeah. Um, and, um, so we're going to talk about what is affection and kind of what that looks like. We're going to talk about, um, why it's important and, um, we'll go from there. But first of all, um, I'm going to go ahead and let Justin define for us what affection is. Sure. And I, I think this is one for me that was, that was really a big one to learn. Um, for me, um, I thought that affection, I thought I was pretty good at affection, to be honest. And I was, you know, uh, surprised to learn that I wasn't. Um, and so for me, what affection is, um, is actually sometimes what it's not. So what it's not would be, um, sexual touching. Anything that's sexual touching does not equal affection. That's not to say it never does, but it's definitely not in the same category as sexual touching. Um, some things that we've talked through, um, would be things like holding hands or Mm -hmm. stuff. And this is different from, for, for everyone. So this is again, part of communication and making sure you guys are on the same page. Uh, It's not going to be, um, learned in, in, you know, two seconds. It's, it's learning your, your significant other, uh, but holding hands is one, um, or snuggling on the couch or, you know, whatever, just, um, being close, uh, closeness, um, a PDA, you know, uh, and we're not, you know, we're talking about again, non-sexual PDA here. Uh, we're, we're talking about just the closeness holding, putting an arm around, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and one thing that, that I learned personally and through this was when I first got home, you know, a nice slap on the butt is probably not affection <laughs> for my wife. And I, here I was thinking I was super affectionate. Um, but you know, really what she wants is, is to, to feel, um, loved and comforted and comforted and, uh, <laughs> and, and adored. And, you know, it's, it's that, it's that, it's that you don't want me just for that type of a feeling and, and you love me and you're my friend. Yeah. And, and, and I think that that's different for each woman. Yeah. I think that, um, 
for I think that for most women, this is where knowing your partner's love language would be a huge deal because for some women, maybe they don't want to be touched at all. Right. Like for some women, if if physical touch is not one of their love languages, they would rather you come home and if you know if um, if words of affirmation is their love language, then they want you to walk in the door and the way that you're going to show affection to them is, man, the house looks great or, you know, wow, you know, I'm just so, you know, proud of you for, you know, what you did with the kids today. Or if your if your wife is a working wife, you know, asking her how her day was and, you know, saying, man, I'm just so proud of you and you do such a great job in your career or whatever, whatever the situation you have, just, you know, something like that. Or if, you know, um, gifts are a, are a love language of her showing up every once in a while with a bouquet of flowers or a card that has something nice written inside, you know, those are the kinds of things where, you're really going to say, I thought about you in a, in ways other than taking you into the bedroom today. Like I, I, I took time to think about you in a way that was more meaningful than, than, than that. And I think that's one thing that, um, women, you know, for sure crave is just the, women are women are romantic by nature we like we like feeling like our spouse thinks about us often and that they are that they are still as in love with us now as they were when they married us right 10 20 30 years ago and so you know we we still want to feel like you you desire to um win us over Yep. And certainly walking in after a day of work and grabbing at our curves is not going to make us feel like you're still trying to woo us. Right. You know, I think that it that it sends the message of you know, well now I have you so I can just kind of come in and fulfill my own needs and exactly. who cares about yours. <laughs> I was that's what I was going to say for for something I needed to learn was my I was gratifying my own self. I wasn't being, it wasn't for you. And when I figured that out, it was, you know, it was, wow, you're, you're, that's selfish. Do you realize that that's, that's only thinking of your, your own desires and those aren't bad desires, but those are, you're not thinking of your spouse. You're not putting your first. And, and I think that, um, that, that line of thinking can be troublesome. You kind of get into, um, you know, a cycle of she's, well, she doesn't want to be intimate with me and she feels like, well, he's not being affectionate and, and it kind of goes around and around and around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think we've experienced that with couples we've talked to before yeah. about, um, just being in that cycle of, um, you know, and we talk about it, we talk about, um, and this is something that we, we learned in, in a previous church of ours that, you know, it's, it's that dance of, of going first, dying to yourself first, you know, mm-hmm. supporting the other person first. Um, yeah. And the, and I think that that the book kind of deals with that in a in a couple different ways. Yeah, we talked about before about the whole idea of a love bank. Yep. And there that that a husband being willing to show his wife affection in whatever area her love language is in, and just really really pouring that in, it it makes significant deposits 
it makes significant deposits. And so I think that, you know, once we turn, once we flip this page and start talking about a man's needs, I think that, you know, there's something to keep in the, in the forefront of, of our thoughts as we move into that is that there's, there's, there's a need for a woman's tank to be filled. Um, so that, so that she can more freely give of herself. And that's not to say that, you know, that women can't go first in this, in this cycle. Um, but it, but, but the Bible does talk about how, um, how men ought to love their wives and treat her as an honored vessel and to love her the way that Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You know, there is this idea of, of the biblical role model of marriage being, you know, that men are to, to lay down their lives to serve their wives. And I think that if, I think that if more husbands would grasp that and not that, you know, you know, I'm, I'm biased, but I think that, that you do a great job with that. But I think, you know, that even men who do a great job at it still, still could do better. And I think that, um, I think that every man could stand to, to say, you know, have I, have I served my wife today? Have I laid down my life for her? Have I laid down my wants and my needs and my comforts and my, all my things so that she can feel loved and, and appreciated. And, you know, because ultimately the, the response that you're looking for, um, will, or at least should come unless there's other underlying issues, the response that you're looking for should come relatively effortlessly. If you are willing to, to fill that up, you know, there's this fun phrase that's going around Facebook right now where, you know, I think it's, I think it's alluding to the fact of, um, it's, I think, I think what it's alluding to is this idea of that an affair sounds exciting. Um, but, but it's not really the phrase though, that goes around with this. And I, I, I can't really place where I've seen it other than maybe on Facebook, but it says, you know, the top of the, the little picture or whatever it is says, you know, the grass you think that the grass is greener on the other side, but really the grass is greener where you water it. And it's a picture of like, uh, it's a picture of like a man handing his wife flowers mm-hmm. or, or doing something nice for his wife or right. something like that. And so, but, but it just always goes, that is so, it's so good. It seems so super cheesy, but it's so good. It's so true that, you know, we always want what we don't have, mm-hmm. but I think that goes to show, you know, the grass is greener where you water it. Meaning if you're, if you're pouring into your wife and you're, you're filling up that love, that love bank and you're, you're pouring on the affection, the desired result should happen relatively effortlessly. Not that you should do it with, with that in mind. Like you should give selflessly just because that's what is God honoring. But the response I think just naturally follows that. Yeah. So, well, I think one thing for me, um, as you were talking, uh, I, I remember we were in Tennessee and, um, you know, you were, I think we just had, I want to say we just had Natalie and I remember coming home and you, you told, um, cause, um, 
my mother-in-law had come down to stay with us and help. Mm-hmm. And I remember you, somebody I think had, had asked you or you had said something about why I asked you if you've had a shower yet. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, if you hadn't had a shower, I, and I'm not saying this to, to hopefully to brag, hopefully everybody knows that, but it's just an example that came to mind that you were, you were kind of bragging on that about me mm-hmm. be, and I didn't really realize it meant that much, but you know, even your mom was like, well, why does he, Yeah. He, why does he do that? And you're like, because he wants me to have a shower before he does. Like, it's okay. Yeah. He wants me to. And so I think that when uh, something he says in the book, which, um, again, you know, <laughs> this is going to be one of those honesty moments. He says, um, men will ask him, why isn't she as turned on as she used to be? Like, I feel like, you know, she just doesn't, it was not like, you know, instant, like I walk in the room and, and a, maybe you've gained a few pounds like I have, uh, but B, <laughs> well, stop it. but B, um, he says, you aren't treating her like you did in your dating relationship. Yeah. In your dating relationship, you opened the door cause you were just, you were all in, all in for her. Right. And so it was just like, open the doors, get her, man, I was thinking about you today cause I just can't get you out of my mind. I'm infatuated with you. And so like, I'm going to get you that butterfinger candy bar. Cause I know you like that. And I'm going to get <laughs> you orange Gerber daisies because you know, you love those. He's and, telling all my secrets yeah, here. And I know, and I'm going to get you a card. I know it's stupid to spend $5, but I'm just going to get it for you anyway. Cause I know you like cards like, and, and when's the last time we get busy with life and we don't do it. So why does she, why does she, why would she be turned on by you because you haven't been treating her the same way? So I, I love that example of when you were dating, you know, they always say continue to date your spouse, but it's really true. Um, you know, maybe dates look different now, but, but you can still show that appreciation, that affection yeah. for your wife. Yeah. Um, I like the, the, this quote in the book, it says affection is the environment of the marriage while sex is an event. Mm-hmm. And that's what I kind of was talking about with that response. If you create an environment of an, of affection, those events of sexual gratification or sexual need that you need fulfilled, you know, or that you both need fulfilled. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on the, you know, you know, we've talked about this even in the, the needs portion of our, um, I think we talked about it briefly in communication about just communicating out of your need for something. And, you know, we talked about how that can breed frustration. You know, I'm, I would say that I'm, I, I have, you know, women have sexual needs too. Mm -hmm. They're maybe in general, not as great or as, as numerous as men, but, but for some women they are. Mm -hmm. And I would say that for, for us, we've found it to be true that my, my sexual drive is probably just, just about as, as strong as yours, at least, at least some of the time. Um, obviously hormonal things for women change that. So depending on what, you know, time of the month it is, we told you this is going to be an honest conversation. <laughs> um, depending on what time of the month it is, you know, there might be times when mine is not there, but, but for the, for, I would say a lot of the time, um, I have those needs too, but I can definitely tend to feel like it's just that if my affection tank isn't full, right. like it's just an event. Right. And so I think that's why I like that is that in affection is the environment of the home. And it's something that we 
we put down um, in our notes here was just that our kids are watching and they don't obviously get to see the the more intimate parts of your they marriage. They should not. Right. Yeah. Right. But but they what but affection is something that you can show your children um, a that you have affection for one another, but then it. I think that it models for them what that looks like. It models for, it models for your daughters, what it looks like when a man really cares about you in a, in a godly way, and it models for your for your sons. You know, this is how you treat a woman way before, way before you know, even, even before marriage, way before sex is even part of the conversation or part of the thought, or at least before it should be part of the conversation Mm -hmm. or part of the thought they can, they can know what affection and really caring for someone looks like, you know, it's something that can be practiced before, before marriage even gets around. And so I think that, you know, and I think it's important for kids to know that, that you, that your parents really do love each other still, you know, I, our, our kids know that this is, and this might sound like a foreign concept to some people, but my two little girls, they know that they have their daddy's heart, but they also know that I have it more. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that you know, that's just how one we are. Um, mm-hmm. but they, I was literally going to say, um, something simple that we do is, um, we, we, you know, the kids can come up and sit beside us, sit on our laps, you know, hang out with us. But the moment the other parent, the other one of us wants that seat, mm-hmm. we always tell our kids, I love you, but this is your mom's seat. This mm-hmm. is your dad's seat. They mm-hmm. always get this. They always get preference. Yeah. And it's not to kick them. We don't ever kick them out. It's never out of mean, you know, mean spirited. Yeah. But, but we we say, you know, this is, this is my spouse. This is the only person in the w- world that, that is this close with me. Right. And I think that it's clear. It's never done meanness with our, and it really brings kids a sense of security that if I think if a kid, I mean, maybe they don't understand it when they're little, but I think if they grow up knowing man, as a kid, I couldn't even get dibs on the spot next to daddy. Mm-hmm. Then I think it gives them some security knowing that, there's very there's probably not a lot that could drive a wedge between between the two of us. Sure. Like, you know, I think that gives them some, some security that mo- mom and dad really do put each other, you know, and their marriage before they put most other things. God is the only thing that takes precedence over over Justin in my life and and vice versa for him. Like that's that's it. Um and so and everything that we do, we try to filter through, through that. So I know that's, that's broader than affection, but you know, it just kind of ties in with, you know, that's something that we model in our home is, is an atmosphere of, of affection. And our kids know that they can receive that from us if they need it. But they also know that, you know, when, when, when mommy says it's time for her to snuggle with daddy on the couch, the girls know that, you know, that their spot is is always open for mommy yeah. if if mommy needs it. Now that's not to say a mommy shoves her way in and doesn't right. let the girls snuggle. I love I love when my girls get to snuggle with their daddy. So I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea that we're like we don't touch our kids or anything. Like we, we don't snuggle with we our don't kids. We <laughs> them on the floor. We just say scoot over you. Um, yeah. So 
anyways. Um, so yeah, just, I, I like that. Just, you know, um, affection is the environment of the marriage. I think that that's, um, just a good, a good goal for everybody to create an environment of affection in your home and, 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 and the response that you want should, you know, should follow. Absolutely. So anyway, so the response that, that most men are hoping for is what? The response is what? (laughs) Yeah, the next part of what we're going to be talking about. I have no idea. Uh, No, um, obviously, um, the the term he uses in the book is sexual fulfillment. And this can come, you know, in a variety of ways. Um, But I think that uh, the first thing he talks about is is drive. And and we kind of touched on this earlier, but um, obviously it varies. It's not the same. There's a lot of guys that, that have, you know, less drive, um, than, than their spouse. Um, but typically the male has a little bit stronger of a sex drive. Um, and, and that's, that's just kind of the foundation for why he chose this to be the first. Um, it does stem. I mean, we talked about this as far as frustration goes, it does, you know, all of that kind of plays a a role in, in attitudes and emotions and all of that. So it's a huge need of a, of a man in general. I think this is a different book, but I feel like we read somewhere that generally speaking, men need to be, if men are already used to sexual release, they need that about every 72 hours, right? It was about every three days before they start to feel either grouchy or not themselves or it affects them. Pretty to where it's hard to think about much else or whatever that that I would say that that's pretty it's pretty standard I'd say yeah. and it, if it wasn't in this book there's another guy and I'm blanking on his name and if I remember I'll put it in the show notes um, but he had a video that we watched I don't know if you remember this guy um, and it was the guy with the the women's brains or spaghetti and, yes. and do you remember him and he oh, talked I about I'll, I'll I'll put it in the show notes but anyway it was he, it, that's a really funny yeah skit we should post that anyway yeah. just because it's good for married folks folks to watch and, but. but he talks about that too he talks about sexuality and mm-hmm. and and how um which i'm sure some of what I'm, we're pulling from will come from that but um how how we interact together as, as married folk um but um i think the the main point here is is um and, and it all like they, they say the top three reasons for divorce are money, sex, and communication. And mm-hmm. I believe communication is what drives the other two. So, so here we're going to hear a lot about communication, but sexual awareness, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, um, being able to communicate your desires, your needs, um, all of that. Uh, so if, if you're, uh, I think as, as married folk, if you can get open and honest communication, all of this will get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he talks about that, that, that guy who I can't remember his name. He talks about that. Um, but yeah. go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that, um, you, you, you said sexual awareness, being aware of what your needs are and then communicating those. I think that if I could say, if I could interject anything for, for women would be to not, I, I, I hear this and see this so, so often. And I'm sure that it, it, I don't want to like say, you know, 
this type of wife, or if you've said this as a wife, that you're a bad person and that your husband gets off scot-free. Like, I don't want to paint that picture, but, um, so, because I'm sure that some of it stems from the frustration of a lack of affection. I'm sure that that's some, some of the case, but I hear often women say things like, um, like he just wants it all the time, or he's just using me, or it's just so annoying that he, pause at me or, you know, or they'll say things like that. They're just annoyed with it. They almost treat their husband's sexual need as like this annoying thing that they have to take care of almost like a, like changing their kid's diaper. It's a like chore. It, yeah. yeah. It comes off like a, uh, what, oh, we have to do this again. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, and I just, I get so sad because if they're willing to say that to me, who, I have nothing to do with their sex life, but they're just either they're just venting or it's like a women's thing. And they're just kind of saying it as a frustration of theirs or whatever, you know, if that's how they portray it to other people or to other women, how are they portraying it to their husbands at home? And are they, are they causing their husbands to feel like they're a nuisance or a problem? And that, that just, that hurts my heart so much to hear that because, because the, like they say, they, there's a joke that the male ego is the most fragile substance in the universe. Right. And, but, but there is a reality to that and it's, and it's not a bad reality. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that God created men and women to be the way that they are. And God created men with, um, certainly with, with, um, with the drive to, um, to live and work and, and procreate and, and succeed and all of those things that can be done well if they're submitted to a godly purpose. But, um, but part of that is, you know, that, that men, men do have, they do take pride in certain things And some of those things, it's okay that they have a little bit of, you know, it's, you want your husband to feel good about himself. Like you don't want your husband to feel ashamed or, or, you know, humiliated. Like there's a difference between having a a husband who's humble and, and having a husband who feels humiliated. And if you make your husband feel humiliated, you're not, that's not God honoring in any way. Like it's okay for your husband to feel, to feel proud and to feel like, and not in a way that's, like I said, not in a way that's ungodly or whatever, but it's, but, but you don't, you don't, you don't want your husband to feel small. I think the, I can, yeah, we've said sex, so I can say sexy. Yeah. The, the, I think the sexiest you are, are is when you are confident mm-hmm. you want your and as a, i think confidence and I, I think there's been studies out there that have proven that confidence br- brings out something inside of you that that yeah. is attractive so i and going back what you're, to what you had said um it, uh, communication in sexuality it's vital if if it if for me um the ex- the sexual experiences are not as fulfilling if you're not having a good time as well yeah if i'm treating it like a chore (laughs) if you're treating it like a chore if you're not communicating if it's just like 
get it over with, then mm-hmm. it's, it's, it, I'm not saying that that actually happens, but if it were to happen, that, that would be when, it, when you can tell your spouse is disengaged in the act, it become you, it's like you pull away from it. Um, and it just is, it's, it's, it's weird. It's to me, it's, it's it happened very few times where, you know, we were, t- the other person's tired, the other person's, you know, it's, it's one of those instances, but I feel like it, you pull out from it, the, the spiritual, emotional aspect and it becomes strictly physical. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where it, it, it can be so much better. And I think that's one thing you've um, said in response to those women, um, generally speaking is like, it can be so yeah, much like, better. Why like, are you, why don't you want to do that? Like, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> because it because and it's not like we're sitting here like we, we're on the pinnacle of some sexual superstar thing. It's not that. It's right. just communication with your spouse. Yeah, open, honest. This is what feels good. This is what doesn't feel good. Or or yeah. or help yeah, help like, in this way. Like I mean, it, it doesn't. That's have honestly to be weird. Honestly, that's one of my biggest, one of the best advice I can give women when it comes to if, if, if sex feels like a chore for you or feels like this annoying thing, a, you know, is, is there a need for you to be more honest about how much affection you're needing? And, you know, could your husband step it up in the affection department? Probably so. Like I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm not trying to you know, give husbands a free pass. If husbands, if you're listening and your wife's response to sexual advances is like, Oh, again, you know, if that's her typical response, maybe you need to check, you know, how full her affection bank is. But, but wives, if, if you, if, if your affection tank is full and you still find that you dread sex with your husband, you know, being, then maybe it's time for you guys to have a conversation about how it's happening. And so, you know, that's one of the other things that I give, I mean, there'll be wives who, I had a friend who came home from, uh, her honeymoon and just, you know, they had saved sex until marriage and she came home and she's just like, man, I don't know why everybody made such a big deal about that. And I get it like they're, you know, when you're first married or whatever, you're, you're, it's, you're figuring it out still. So, you know, I certainly don't expect that if, if you're first, if you're just married, that things are going to just magically be perfect for you. But, um, my advice to her was, well, if it's not great and it doesn't get better, don't be afraid to tell your husband, you know, this is good and this is not. And And here's the kicker though. You can't do it in a way that's like, Oh, don't do that. You know, Mm -hmm. you can't do it in a way that's that discourages them from trying, especially in the moment. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but, but what you can do even in the moment is, is encourage them with what is working and what isn't. And just, you know, I hate to make it weird, but like even just, you know, putting their hands where they need to be or, or moving them in the way, you know, men appreciate a, a, a sexual partner who will help them help them. Like, you know, absolutely. Uh, We, we absolutely do confirm uh, right here. You've heard it. (laughs) No, because, because again, you, when you're in it too, Mm 
Mm-hmm. It's not that disconnection. So I feel connected to you. You're you're helping me, and then it it it's not only it's connecting us um, in that way. And uh, we're now connected physically. We're now connected emotionally, and it's like we're we're on the same team. Mm-hmm. Like you and I, uh, we've communicated enough to where she knows I want her to be satisfied, and she wants me to be satisfied. Mm-hmm. And so if if it's not so if something isn't working, and and again we've gone through pregnancies we've gone through many other things that complicate the the act and so um you sometimes have to just switch things up because the same thing doesn't always work Mm -hmm. so you constantly have to communicate like you're healing up from giving birth you know you're on the other end of that now the things you did before and during and when you weren't pregnant haven't have no bearing on where you're at now so you can't just rely on it and you have to constantly constantly keep that that line of communication open yeah it's it's just being able to be honest with your spouse is a huge deal and let me interject one thing just because i came to my mind as you were talking earlier um just a quick note we by no means are all are are saying that you that because i know there are people out there that have had um horrible things done to them or they've been abused or, or other things have maybe they've, they've been exposed to other things that they shouldn't have when they were younger. There's a variety of things that have, that have happened to people that are not typical. We're not talking about those, those instances. Those are, those are things where yes, you should communicate, but there are probably deeper issues where you're going to need to work that out with your spouse, maybe a counselor or pastor, mm-hmm. whatever you got to do. You mean in, I'm talking about if it's like, if, if, if it's certain not, things are, if it's not working right. and it's awkward or yeah. it didn't, you know, you, there's, sure. there's emotional pain, there's physical pain, whatever sure. it is. It might like be, the actual act of sex itself is uncomfortable is, for you because is uncomfortable. Of, yeah. you, or you, you have weird feelings and, and you feel uh, you afraid. There's been a variety of things we've heard. Yeah. So I don't want to discount those people that may be listening and maybe that's you. Don't, don't, don't take what we're saying was that's the end all you, you might need, there might be other things that maybe you and your spouse need to work through together before it gets better. Sure. So it's not going to be, uh, Oh, we talked about it and it's fine. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, us, we've said it from probably podcast. Number one, counseling is not a bad thing. It's not a counseling is not. Yeah. Counseling is not, Oh, everything's gone to pot. So now we should go to counseling. Like, man, if more couples would go to counseling just for the for the lesser things or things that they wouldn't necessarily think that not that sex is a lesser thing, but like if people would go to counseling with less shame attached to it, man, yep. how the divorce rate would not be fifty less percent or whatever it is. Um. I think that in the church, especially in the past, especially we've done a bad job at um, making counseling accessible to Christians because we've tagged it with, well, if you would just trust Jesus more, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't need counseling. Or if you would just read your Bible more, pray more, you wouldn't need counseling. And it's like, yeah, maybe you do. <laughs> maybe, maybe you need counseling. Maybe you need both. Um, <laughs> maybe you need some more Jesus and some more biblical counseling. <laughs> right, right. And find somebody, again, who's biblical you can trust. There's a lot yeah. of good ones out yeah. there. Yeah, so please, so even about sex, and like like Justin was saying, don't don't take away from this that 
that if you've had bad experiences in the past that you should just be able to have an honest conversation with your spouse and that will fix everything. You might need more conversation than just that. So sorry to interject that, but no, no, it's good. Also, um, I wanted to uh, bring up something, um, you know, from, from the sexual, um, fulfillment side. Um, I think one thing I felt like, and it's probably due to, I I never really could pinpoint why. Um, and it's probably due to something in my past too. Um, maybe I should go to counseling for it. I don't know. (laughs) Um, but was, I thought I felt bad and it was something we discovered through an intense time together. Um, that, that I felt bad, like I shouldn't need sex as much or feel like I want or need it as much as I do. I felt like, man, I I should be able to have more control, more self-control. And so, um, I felt like I needed to to hold back and, and not be asking. Um, but through communication and open communication, this is when, you know, um, uh, Melissa and I were, were really just like digging into to deep things with each other and uh, emotional things and communication things and just I mean we we just we're having some extreme honesty extreme moments. honesty <laughs> and um, we and I remember like it was the opposite you're like why why wouldn't you just tell me that that's what you need and and I, I'm like I don't know I just felt like I'm, I'm well I'm a Christian and I'm a guy and I could be able to have this control I should be able to have this down and it's like but you know we were able to talk through the Bible encourages healthy sexuality then yeah. and, and you were like obviously you know my wife's amazing so she was really encouraging to me um, about <laughs> through this time and saying man like just you why, why are you living like that? And so it took some time, took some conversation, but, um, that's maybe there's some men out there that feel, you know, especially with religion or Christianity or, or, or other, other things, maybe you feel like you should have it more under control and whatever. If you're married and you're, you're in a healthy relationship and it's not hurting anyone, it's not hurting your spouse. It's positive. Um, you know, have those conversations with your spouse. Like maybe, maybe you need it more than once a week. Maybe it's, maybe it's every other day, whatever it is for you guys that, that you both can agree to that's, Mm -hmm. that's fulfilling you. Um, that's, that's what you need to stick to. Yeah. And you know, that's, and that's not leeway for husbands to take advantage and say, well, I need sex three times a day. So you have to give me sex three times a day. You know, that's, I think that that's an unreasonable, we talked about, we talked about where frustration happens is the space between expectation and reality and how sometimes you need to raise your reality and sometimes you need to lower your expectation. And I think that if the closer you can get reality to expectation or vice versa, the the closer you can get your expectation to reality, um, it is where you'll have less frustration and sexual frustration is probably one of the worst kinds and it leads to terrible things. Well, and again, this book is called <laughs> how to affair proof your marriage Yeah, and that's why he talks so much. And so frankly, <laughs> if you read the book, uh, yeah. about, about this, so if you get the book and you start reading these chapters, he's very, very, very yeah. out with it. Yeah. Um, and something to kind of, um, um, something that I kind of wanted to talk about was, you know, in this, we've talked about, you know, filling up your wife's love tank and we've talked about wives being, you know, uh, available for their husbands. And, you know, we've talked about biblical sexuality and, you know, it's important to note that the Bible talks about how you shouldn't withhold from your spouse, 
um, except for if you're going away to pray or, you know, do something fast or whatever. And then, but then once, as soon as you're done to come back together so that, um, what's the end of that verse? So Satan can't get a foothold. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so my encouragement too, is this, that, you know, I've heard, I've heard, you know, there are couples out there where, um, the wife is maybe a little bit further along in her spiritual journey than the husband, or maybe there's areas where the wife is sort of waiting for the husband to catch up and, and become a little less selfish and a little more giving and a little more serving. And, and I think that he should do those things. I think that husbands are called to love their wives and give themselves up for them, for her. And so I think that that's the biblical um, example of how husbands ought to love their wives. However, um, there is grace that covers um, that covers a lack of maturity. And that's not to say that you shouldn't expect your husband to be getting better in certain areas. But if you're a wife who feels like you're waiting for your husband to get better. If he's making, especially if he is making strides in this area, don't, don't fall into the trap of withholding sexual attention or sexual fulfillment from him, waiting till your affection bank is all the way full because Satan can and will get a foothold. And that's not an excuse. That's not to come off as a, a, as a threat by any means, but that's to say that, um, there is, there's a reason that that verse is in the Bible Yeah, and there's, and, and in either situation, you, you can be the one to go first. You can choose to be the one to be a servant for your spouse. If you're a wife who's lacking affection, you can choose to be first if you're a husband who is pouring on the affection, but you're not getting the response that you thought you would, if, if she's not all that into you sexually, you can still pour on that affection and you can still be the one to go first. And, um, so if I could just encourage you with that, don't, don't maintain the thought process. Well, I will, when he does, Mm -hmm. because it's so damaging. It's so damaging. So, um, well, and then there was lo- go ahead. No, I was just going to I was I was going to say I, I think the the last thing that we yeah. were going to touch on which we could talk about for a really long time but because <laughs> of time's sake and we've already gone a little long here um uh we want to keep it uh in the time frame. So it's it, basically the last point was to kind of keep the creepers out of your marriage. Uh, yeah. Um now it, the Bible says it differently says you know honor the marriage bed and keep it holy um Mm -hmm. and we just we're more plain spoken around here so we just (laughs) say keep the creepers out Uh, and one of those obviously one of them might be you know other people you know there's lots of other things that could try to sneak in Mm -hmm. um but the biggest one and you really shouldn't have to say it but i feel like in this culture and the times we're in uh, it's valuable to say Uh, but pornography is a creeper it is a thing that will sneak in it will it will cause more damage we've spoken with couple after couple after husband after wife after whomever um that is said it is damaged and we're not just talking christians we're talking um you know you don't have to belong to any faith belief 
to to know to hear the reports of how pornography has ripped apart marriages has caused um, sexual confusion has has uh, caused sexual inability um, it is it is a tool used by the enemy and it is prevalent in and you can't even turn on the television without mm-hmm. things happening I mean yeah. it and so I just want to bluntly clear clearly say don't just don't. If you if you got to take a different way to work, take a different way to work. Don't look at that billboard. If you've got to change your job, change your job. If you've got to turn off the TV and or cancel cable or put blocks on your phone or your computer or or throw it in the river, as our pastor used to say. Um, <laughs> ta- I mean, I'm not advocating for you necessarily to do that, but you know, smash it with a hammer, whatever you've got to do to get rid of it because your marriage is worth it. And it's too easy. It's just it's that trap of a of a man or a woman i shouldn't just say men but if a, if a person saying i'm you know i'm just gonna just gonna look at this here and then it's it's you know it's gone from a magazine to a to a to an email to a uh, to a, now a website and it was an accident and now it's on purpose right you know um and it's just it's just progresses so quickly and you're not in control you think you are you think you are in control and you can control it but it dominates you so don't yeah it's i mean and we've talked about this from just from our own experience enough i apologize if it was um from our own experience just you know of justin's struggle um struggles with pornography and you know it's been something for us that um it's and what's crazy is we've always had, we've always had a pretty good sex life. It's never been from a place of lack of, of that, but it's, so that just, it goes to show you that it just, it sneaks in and then it gets a foothold and then it's just pornography becomes a drug. It becomes something that your mind is just addicted to no matter, no matter if you and your partner are, you can have, the most amazing spouse and those most amazing sex life and still get addicted to pornography. It's not a respecter of persons or of marriages or of anything else. And so we say that to say, don't assume that you're immune to it or that your husband's immune to it or, you know, and then I think another thing that I've heard often, even from Christian couples is, well, it's okay that we look at porn because we look at it together and it helps our sex life. Yeah. Man, what a lie from the pit of you know where that you need someone else to arouse you sexually so that you can have sex with your spouse. What a detriment to your marriage. Like that's literally what you're saying. I need to be aroused by someone else so that I can perform in bed with my spouse. It is just detrimental to your marriage because be because before long those images and pictures become other people like physical real other people and man it just breaks my heart i've heard it over and over i've seen it on mom groups like i've seen women in mom groups on facebook just openly say yeah me and my husband we watch porn but we like to watch it together because it's exciting for our love life and i'm like and you've heard the stories of uh celebrities that that they no longer can have normal or i uh, sexual relations without that yeah they they can't even 
be aroused because of that. Right. So to think that that's somehow improving your sex life, like I think that that's just uh, and and you know, like you said, it's it's like anything else. It's like any addiction. It releases dopamine in your brain and it causes receptors to become numb to anything else besides that, and you get yeah. a greater and greater high. Yeah. And it becomes this really really dark place. So I'm for husbands for wives keep the creepers out of your bedroom especially porn. especially that one um <laughs> and so um i think we need to recap now um yeah because so we could literally we could, talk because we could talk about this for hours yeah you would you would probably <laughs> never listen to another podcast again because it'd be a three-hour podcast so yeah so um yeah just to recap um affection learn learn your wife's learn what she considers affection um if it's not touching in any way, obviously it's probably not sexual touching. Um, I mean, some wives, if they, if that makes them feel confident, you know, maybe there are those women out there that are like, eh, I like when my husband grabs me when he gets home, makes me feel, makes me feel like I'm, you know, good looking or makes me feel wanted or whatever, you know, that's great. Then that's, if that's the, what your wife communicates to you, perfect. But there are wives who don't want to be touched at all. There are wives who have, toddlers and babies that have been touching them and breastfeeding and clinging to their legs all day long and they just don't want you to touch them and they want you to come home and let them take a shower first you know or they want you to come home and take the kids into the basement or into the playroom so that you can have 30 seconds to breathe you know so find out what your wife's thing is and do that thing um find out where what fills up her need for affection and and do that very good and, and then, from the from the men's side, um, you know, making sure that you're um, communicating uh, for you know what your desires are, your needs are, whatever those things are for both men and women. Um, keep those communication lines open. Um, make sure that you see uh, you know a counselor if you need to um, to go to to make sure that you're communicating through past hurts or issues, um, and uh, making sure that you're uh, making sure the frustration level is not there by uh, making sure reality and uh, your preferences are lining up closer and closer and we talked about keeping the creepers out um, of your of your bed and making sure that it's just you and your wife communicating and fulfilling each other's needs uh, sexually um, and that's what it's all about and um, we've uh, we'll post a lot of these uh, links that we've talked about in the description below um, and uh, do you have anything else to add to that Nope. We'll okay. move on to the next the next two next week. Yeah, so we'll we're be, looking forward to that. We'll be talking so. about that. So I'll post these links in the in the, the description. Um and um you know we're available on many platforms, um, different podcast platforms. Uh so make sure if you're not an Apple user, um, you know, that obviously they have their podcast app, um, but you can get it on Spotify, um, you can get it on a, a couple of different Alexa, uh, a couple of different ones. Um so please feel free uh, whatever sp- uh, podcast app you use um at google uh, podcasts um that you are uh, sure to um look that up and i think i think you can just tell alexa to to play we're getting their podcast so that's kind of cool um yeah. um it's the any pod app any for pod. for alexa that's but, it um and we did launch a facebook page so our facebook page is just called we're getting there um and it's the same um art like uh our profile picture is the same as our podcast art so it's just the the couple holding hands going across the bridge so 
um, look for that on Facebook and like us on there so that you can see, we'll post all of our stuff on there. So, and then, uh, if you, uh, are not a Facebook user, um, then feel free to email us at we are getting their podcast at gmail.com. That's W E R E getting their podcast at gmail.com. We love to interact with you. I think we said, uh, send us your new year's goal or resolution or whatever it was uh, that you would like to send us and uh, let us know how that's going. Um, anyway, uh, we uh, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, it's a fun for us to do. We will hope to do this every week as best we possibly can. And we'll try to keep it under an hour um, mm-hmm. uh, in the future. So uh, again, thanks again. Uh, we will connect with you soon.